Hello and welcome to Mike Martin Ask. Today I have another very special guest for you, an entrepreneur as always. She's a best-selling author, which is awesome. Um, you all know that I've done a few books, so it's, it's, it's great to speak to a fellow author. Digital marketing expert, and she's been featured in publications like Forbes, Nasdaq, Entrepreneur, and I, I assume this is her favorite woman's world. Okay, founder of uh, the Rachel Roth Enterprises, so I've given her name away creator of low-hanging fruit system, which we all love the easy wins, founder of Custom Happy, which is a company that has shipped out millions of items, like millions, um, built and later sold a 120-person outsourcing company, and Rachel has been a full-time entrepreneur online since 2006. Rachel Roth, tell us who you are, my friend. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Who am I? I guess, as you said, entrepreneur for sure. Uh, lots of different companies, love them, world traveler, and um, yeah, just like to have the lifestyle freedom kind of thing. It's my vibe. It's a jam. <laughs> Did I get your name right? Your second name? It's Rofe, Rachel Rofe. Rofe, because I just thought, does it pronounce like like the posh or is it pronounced like it looks? <laughs> 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 I never asked yeah. before, so I thought I better. So, what, how did you? So, obviously, every, all entrepreneurs have got a backstory where they came from, um, mm. where they started out. Most of us have got this story where it was like rags to riches, or or basically rags to rags to rags to rags to rags, all to riches. Um, where did it all start for you? So, it actually started at Walmart. <laughs> I was a Walmart cashier. And um, I started there when I was in high school. And then I worked my way up to management. So, I went from cashier to customer service manager to human resources manager to assistant manager. And then I jumped over to Target and I was a soft lines executive there, which is basically assistant manager over clothes. Um, and then all the while, I would try little things to make money. Even when I was little, I would have little companies and stuff to make some extra money. So um, 2006 or so, I was working at Target full time and I came across, have you heard of T. Harvecker? You know that book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind? No, I've not read that one. What's it called? Uh, Secret, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily recommending it, but at the time, <laughs> Secrets okay. of the Millionaire Mind. It's fine. I mean, for where you are in business now, I don't remember. I read it so long ago, but I read it and he has us go to these millionaire mind intensives. There was a millionaire mind intensive I drove to. And there he'll say in the book, you break a wooden arrow against your throat while you're there just to show you kind of what's possible crazy. So um, I did it. I was like, oh, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> so he had some upsell to warrior camp, which I also went to, which had all these other crazy things that we did. And after that, I was like, I am going to go full time. So I did. I went full time and um, I found this Craigslist like listing. And I was like, make a million dollars while you sleep in your underwear. It'll be great. <laughs> and the whole thing was like, promote this book. You'll get an affiliate commission. And just keep doing them. And so at the time, Craigslist didn't have the spamming things. Not proud of this. But I was just every hour on the hour, every Craigslist city that I could possibly think of posting my affiliate link. And I was making like five to $800 a day, like for months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. From there, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but that was, yeah. that was the beginning. And I did eBay selling. I was reselling clothes. 
Oh, I've done plenty of eBay selling as well. And yeah. I think every, everybody's done that, haven't they? It's like you have a house full of junk and you're trying to sell it. And like you keep going to auctions and buying. And that was my my thingy anyway before we discovered drop shipping. Exactly. It was so fun. Yeah, I would go to um, thrift stores and consignment shops and I would find high-end brands before everyone else knew. Because there was a time when not everyone knew and I would just research and I would have a list of all the high-end brands. I'd get like a Burberry Coke for dollars and then get hundreds of dollars on eBay for it. It was glorious. <laughs> so how did it how did it move into so so i mean you, you you've done a lot of things share your journey that you started you started your own print on demand business can you share, share your journey to starting your own print on demand business yeah so that's about 10 years later so there are a lot of different kind of business models in the meantime and um, one of the last ones that I had done before print on demand was kindle so i had a ton of different books on kindle um, it was a great profit opportunity until it wasn't. Um, and then and maybe it is again now, but at the time it was just like a race to the bottom. Everyone having 99 cent books and things. And so uh, right as that was kind of closing for me, I started um, print on demand. So my ex-boyfriend at the time had a pit bull fan page, like the dog's pit bulls. And he had many, many people on there and he um, sold a mug to his audience and he made a lot of sales. And at the same time, I had been doing Kindle. I just bought that. Um, do you remember that course, ASM, Amazing Selling Machines, where you can sell physical products? Yeah. Um, I think so. Did they not release a book as well? They may have. I don't know. But I was deep in that Amazon trying to, I was selling like um, Easter cookie cutters and easels and all the things. So it's like, a mug, this sells. Let me pop it on Amazon and see. And so it started selling a few hundred dollars worth of product a month. It's like, let me throw up some more and more and more and more. And so um, soon, I mean, I just had thousands of products because the thing is, like, I have a mug right here. You Not on purpose, but I was just doing some ads. You have a blank mug, you put up a design, you pop it on, and then they order. This is a Trump one. I don't know if it's what, making what fun of that? Trump or not making fun of Trump, what but it says... Say? Nobody's better at fatherhood than you. All the other dads are total disaster. Everyone agrees. Believe me. <laughs> and it's no, like... I love Trump. <laughs> whether you do or you don't, I feel like everyone, just the way that he talks. <laughs> yep. But yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it was doing really well. And I started teaching other people how to do it too. And then that was going well too, because I used to teach people how to do Kindle. Then it no longer felt in integrity because my income was just going down so yeah. much. Um, so I put my course together, Low Hanging System. And at the same time, we were having a lot of um, problems getting the orders fulfilled. So I created a fulfillment center, which was a lot of something. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Not necessarily uh, what I would do in retrospect, but we went from zero to 10 employees our very first month and it just, poof, 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 just took off like crazy. Seriously? Yeah, it was insane because, I mean, the model works so well. And so just people started to see. I mean, the thing with the, this business model is like you just you make super simple designs and you put them up. So it's not like like it's very easy to just throw lots of things up and see what sticks, whereas other things they have longer to go. So, yeah, it hit fast. Cheap trial and error. Cheap trial and error. Exactly. On Amazon, it's free to list, right? So you just pop the listings up and what is it? My, um, someone, one of my coaches says you... um. Spray and pray. <laughs> Spray and pray. So, so that, that's the print on the print on demand com company that ended up with ten employees in its first month. In a, yeah, yeah. It's um... what? What is it then? What? What? Because when you said it to me when we spoke the other week, I, I was thinking 
I, I, I thought like printing had died out with like when, when we, the computers got really smart and I was thinking, I thought we just did like sent PDFs to each other now. So how do you, uh, how do you make that into money? That's, I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Okay. I have all these mugs here cause I was doing some ads the other day. Okay. So here's another one. So let's say someone searches for a funny, like funny dad mug or something. Cause you're going on Amazon at eBay. You're wanting to buy something. That's the whole thing. Like we're not Some, convincing. What do you have? Me, somebody bought me this, no, right? I, no. I was at an event and one of my slides on the event, because I was talking at the event, had that on it. You're <laughs> fucked, right? So he got the slide from the event and sent me this cup. He's called Steve. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And it brings a smile to your face. So people buy it. So yeah, this one I made forever ago. It says, you're the luckiest dad in the world. I would love to have me as a daughter. And it's basically like a funny one for dads. So that's it. Like someone searches funny gift for dad, they find this, they buy it. And then after they buy it, my fulfillment center or anyone will um, download the design, sublimate it onto the mug and then ship it out to the customer. So sublimate, just heat press it onto the mug and then ship it to the customer. So that's print on demand. All the items are made to order. So you don't have to actually buy inventory or anything ahead of time. You just like use technology. You have an image, you put it on a picture of a mug and then you sell it. And it looks like the mug's already been made, but it hasn't. And then the who makes the mugs? My fulfillment center makes them. Right, well, so I mean, they, there's multiple fulfillment, but hmm? so they just manufacture. It's kind of manufactured and then sent out there. That's absolutely brilliant. And we've got like a whole cupboard full, and I didn't realize what it was until you just said it. And then I, I, if I go, my missus buys them all the time, like funny <laughs> and rude and all sorts of different cups. And people have sent me ones with pictures of all my different family photographs on and stuff like that. Exactly. So yeah we've got a cupboard full of them at home so I, I now I know how much it actually sells <laughs> so do you collect their email addresses as well off the back of that so that you can then remarket to them do, do no you... so on Amazon and Etsy I look at it as just a passive income play it's not really a branding play I tell people because okay. the whole thing like most people on Etsy for example they don't come back and buy more a lot of people sometimes they do but a lot of times they're just looking for a one-off gift or something yeah. I know some people put more attention in branding and they bring people back to a website but I'm all about let's keep it chill as possible I've got other businesses I want to travel like easy easy please so you don't like 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 moon picking them they collect your birthday and 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 your um parents birthday and your kids birthdays <laughs> and and then just before a week before you'll get a ton of emails about it and and after, that usually works i mean i guess it's free free marketing but it's free anyone on amazon in it unless you buy it doesn't cost you anything yeah well on amazon they don't let you have that information they just or they don't let the sellers have that information they don't because I get it. They want to protect the data and have it for themselves to sell more things. But yeah, in theory, it could be great. <laughs> We're not in the real world. Uh, so what about what inspired you to create the low hanging system course? And why is it so effective? Because I know it's pretty popular. So w w what is it about it that works so well? Um, well what inspired me is, um, like I was saying before, I was selling the Kindle course. It didn't feel in integrity anymore because I wasn't making money with it. And then I'd had a list because I used to do a whole bunch of other things. I was a copywriter and blah, 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 a trillion things. So I had an audience. I love teaching. And so I thought, cool, I'll just share this with some people. I never expected it. I was actually going to originally sell it as like a $10 course. Just here's this cool thing I'm doing. It's working. And I went to this mastermind. And everyone's like, do you understand like how powerful this is? It's so, so I, I made it more and which is helpful because I have seen over and over and over again when I make things cheaper, like it really is true. People don't take action. Everyone thinks they're the exception and it never yeah. works. Yeah, but totally um, yeah, so why do I think it works? I mean, I don't want to sound like an infomercial and I think it works because you don't, 
I mean, you saw the design I just showed you. It's just text. You don't have to make fancy things. It's free to list on Amazon. So you're not having to pay. You don't have to pay for, they have a $40 a month Amazon pro thing you can have. You don't need it, but it's, but it's good. But otherwise like to keep listing, it's free. You don't have to buy the inventory. You don't have to pay for ads. You're not convincing anyone to buy because they're typing in and saying, I want to buy a funny dad mug. So we're just giving them what they have their wallet out and say, and so it's just like when you take out all of these variables and just make it easy, it's, it's hard for people not like, as long as they're taking action and not overcomplicating it. Um, I think I told you we had like over a thousand people actually make their first sale online with it. So that's fun. That's, that's awesome. I mean, so, so, so the actual course covers setting up and building the actual business, the, the Amazon style business that it is that obviously has made you all your money. Yeah, Amazon, Etsy, and eBay, and then a little bit of Shopify, but not really. And it's and it's based all around the print on demand. Do, does your fulfillment center fulfill the orders for them as well? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could use whatever fulfillment center they want, but I tried to make the fulfillment center have a lot of emphasis around what people in the course would need just to help them okay. succeed. So, I mean, it, it just, yeah, most of them end up working with me. That's but so, whether so they hard. do or not, like we've got, you know, they do great. So it's very similar to what Jason Fladlian's making hundreds of millions doing. What's he doing? He does something very similar, very, very similar to what, what you're, you're talking about. Um, and, he, and he promotes it a lot via webinar. Do you sell it via webinar? Oh, he used to promote the ASM. Yes, I do do. He's promoted my thing before. I'm like, what is he doing, that guy? Because <laughs> I've had people try to copy my, but I know Jason wouldn't. He's a friend. But um, yeah, I do do webinars. And um, he was promoting ASM, I think. I bought it from him forever ago. Oh, right. Okay. So that's what got you going. I mean, that guy's got a book out as well. Um, is it called One to Many? Because it's about One to Many. Many yes. selling about webinars. Genius. He's a very, very, very smart girl. Uh, guy. <laughs> Just called him a girl. <laughs> Nowadays, you don't know, though. I could have called him a girl and he might have said, yeah, I actually, I am now. <laughs> um, you never know. So well, let's go back to your distribution company. So you, you, you challenge, you, you face, what, what challenges did you face with cust, Custom Happy? Um, and how did you overcome them? Because I know, I know a few people that's tried to set up like distribution networks and even even just delivery networks, like like for even trying to deliver for Amazon, trying to deliver in the local towns and things like that. And and um, what did you do and what problems and how did you overcome them? It might be faster to go through what challenges I didn't face. <laughs> <laughs> it's bonkers. It was bonkers because online – it's so easy to just find incredible people to work with. Like my digital team, all stars, everyone, amazing, amazing, amazing. I've got all these people and they're just like, blow my mind at how good they are. In um, <laughs> in person, it was a little bit harder. Um, it was right outside of Philly. And I just wasn't used to, even when I was a manager at Walmart, I would fire people when I had to fire them, but we would hug at the end. We'd be like, listen, because I gave them adequate warning. They knew, they knew what was coming. Yeah. But with this, I don't know, the people were just different. And now we've got a good team. But in the beginning, I mean, we had people overdosing in the bathrooms. I had people having sex upstairs, like people stealing wallet. I mean, it was just bonkers. I would, people come to work operating heavy machinery drunk. I just have to be like, you're fired. Get out. <laughs> like, yeah. I really had to expand my behavioral range because this is not who I am. Um, so how did we overcome it? Well, I had to hire multiple different production managers um, to test and just, oof, it's just a lot of trial and error um, and going in and testing and 
Yeah, just just grit and determination. I will say for as tough as it was in the beginning, we had people would throw challenges at the fulfillment center like, okay, sublimate black mugs. So normally we do, you know, the white mugs, but the black mugs were a lot harder. We were the first people to do that because our customers were basically like, we want black, make it happen. And so people were so like, they made it happen. That was really fun. So we did have some wins there, but it just, my mind is more um, creative and I like having freedom and traveling and doing all these things. And the warehouse is directly opposite to some of that. So, um, but now luckily I don't really have much to do with the fulfillment center anymore. We have an incredible production manager. So we just kept hiring, kept testing, kept iterating. My mom does some of the running of it too. So it's gotten better. So you've got family working there, so people you can trust no matter what. Well, see, here's the thing. I, my mom's working there. My my brother and my sister also work there. My brother and I ended up not talking for like a year over it. I was able to like, but it was just, it was so, because he wasn't an entrepreneur. Here's the thing. In the beginning, we're working, I was working 36 hour shifts because as an entrepreneur, work has to get done. I, I mean, yep. I've got all these orders coming in. What am I going to do? <laughs> and he is just, I mean, so you either have it or you don't have it, right? And we were just exhausted and tired. And my sister was having mental health challenges and screaming at people i mean the amount of drama and emotional turmoil from this not the vibe as i said <laughs> so nope. yeah not not it but you came through the other side and that because i mean yeah. last time last time i spoke to you you was you was it wasn't at home was you you were traveling somewhere yeah yeah i've been to so many places just these this last couple months i was in probably colorado colorado yeah because i think you was actually sat on a bed on your laptop i think it was at igor's um jv mixer yeah 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 that was fun yeah it's mad that have you you seen anything like that before it's like speed dating for entrepreneurs so people meet each other and they kind of just and and, and i've made so much money off that you know i mean the first one i did i think i made about 80 grand straight away within about two days of doing it and now every time he does it i'm like yep i'm there i'm coming i'm coming and he doesn't charge for it it was so well done. I had no idea. I don't really do a lot of the JV game, game stuff. And I even asked him that morning. I was like, can I have my assistant go for me? Because like, eh, I'm in Colorado. He's like, make it. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. Because <laughs> you know Igor. And um, and I'm really glad that I did. And everyone was so cool. And just his like follow up and everything. I mean, he's so world class about it. Getting the contact cards, who we talked to, everything so intentional. Like I did not expect all these layers that he's added. Yeah, he's 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 really. Pull- we we had a meeting a few weeks back in London with him, um, and he pulled about twenty guys together, and and it's similar with that. He, he he pieced it all together perfectly, got the right people in to run it and do everything, but nobody paid anything. I think me and him put. Uh, I think I paid for the food, he paid for the room and the and uh, the event and the thingy and and a few other bits, but that was it. And nobody had to pay anything. It was just high level guys that are making over seven figures a year, and it, 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 he's he's a connector. He's he's a good guy to know. Ego. Um, I like him. So let's get back onto you then. So Forbes, Nasdaq, and and and, and places like that. You've been in them. Did, what I've always wondered, right? So I've, I've met quite a few people that's been in, right? But does how does how how do I word this? Let me think. Right? <laughs> how how <laughs> right? So does it move the needle? Let's call it recognitions from like Forbes and Nasdaq and other other. How have they impacted your brand and you, or, or have they not? Because um, that's always interesting. Because I know a lot of people that's that's that's, that's been obviously that's got into things like Forbes and stuff like that. But I, I, I've never asked the question: How does it affect your business? How does it affect your life? Is it does it increase sales? Does it make a difference? Or no, it makes no <laughs> difference. <laughs> it has made absolutely no difference. Um, I, I wasn't even doing anything around any press or anything 
um, for a while just because why? And then I thought, well, if I want to get Instagram verified now, you can just pay for verification. So, but I figured I'd play the, do the dance. Like, so if opportunities came, I did it. And then, um, yeah, it did approximately nothing. I just got an email. Some other place wanted to feature me. I thought I was special. I talked to my friend. She's like, I did that a year ago. It did nothing. Um, so yeah, it's good for ego. Do you remember when <laughs> people would pay to run ads on different magazines and then they would do like Google AdWords on, let's say, Wall Street Journal? Can they say, ask the Wall Street Journal? <laughs> do you know what? There's still people doing stuff like that. Oh, and, and, and it's like, and they've got such an ego. It's like, let's, I can get a picture of me on it. And, and I guess a lot of them just use Photoshop nowadays. But yeah, a lot of people used to do stuff like that, didn't they, back in the day? Um, <laughs> It's, it's a very ego-driven industry that we're in um yeah and some more than others uh mentioning no names <laughs> um, right, yeah this, this question is the one i've really wanted to ask you the most so you, you built um 120 person outsourcing company and you sold it um like i said to you before we come on here i've been approached a few times to sell some of my softwares and different parts of my businesses and things like that and i'm always i've always just been like now nah, I'm doing it for the love of the game. I'm not interested. And I've never really given anyone the time of day, but it really interests me. First of all, how did you build 120 people um, outsourcing company? And then how did you sell it? What, what, what hoops did they make you jump through and all the rest of that? So it really wasn't as, I mean, I have other things that I sold that have like better stories. But in this case, I built the company to try and be a martyr, which has been one of the downfalls of my life story, <laughs> trying to be a martyr. And so I was working what with you mean by that by like being the hero, trying to save people. And okay. so I was working with um, these girls in the Philippines and I guess they had another job and that other job just unceremoniously fired them and, and closed the company. And they were so worried. And thought, oh, don't worry. I'll find work for you. And so um, <laughs> I created this outsourcing company. Were you on the Warrior Forum back in the day? Because this was like, yeah. yeah. So I made a WSL, Warrior Special Offer. Yeah. And I said, we're doing this little thing. You can like kind of use my outsourcers too and do all this kind of promotion stuff. And just like with the Fulfillment Center, it just blew up so fast. And so then I was asking these people, the, the, the girls, if they had other friends. And so we were adding them. And then I was adding people from Upwork and all this stuff. And my heart was in the right place. And I had this whole structure for them where it's like, eventually, guys, I'll just phase myself out of this company. You can take it over. This was meant to just help you. And, um, but they just weren't, they stopped. They weren't working. They, oh, it was just a shit show. <laughs> a shit show. <laughs> so I was so happy to give that company away for a dollar. I don't even remember what I got, but it was probably five figures. It was not it, oh, was, it wasn't a massive sale then. You just wanted rid. I just you wanted, it was so stressful dealing in the service business with all those people. I, um, in retrospect, could have had better systems, but this was, that was a while ago. Um, so I didn't, and it was just so much stress. And my other companies have an info product and sell it and that's it and make money and have freedom, like totally different than this. I mean, there's other ones that I've sold. Like I had Years ago, I had a, I lost a hundred pounds, and so I had a weight loss product that I sold, and that one was just like cool. I've you got lost a hundred pounds in weight. Yeah, and so that one, oh, good. Yeah, it was it was forever ago, but um, but that one was just like cool. Like, what's the next challenge? And so it was just. I think it clears up some energy 
to, um, you know, be able to work on some other things. So I don't know. I hear you if you like it for the game, but also it's a nice cash infusion and I'd like to keep it moving. I like new ideas. Like doing new things. Yeah. So you said you said you're, you're you're well into personal growth. How how has personal growth influenced your entrepreneurial journey? Let's call it. That's a good question. How has personal growth influenced my? I mean, I think in all the ways, entrepreneurship is all personal growth, right? Like the whole thing. It's it's just growing and re re um, inventing yourself and trying new things. So how has it helped? I think with mindset, for sure, being okay to fail if I was going to fail, um, just doing more like I spoke actually speaking in London, like last time I was there, I spoke in front of it was a while ago too, like many thousands of people Would I have done that if I wasn't into entrepreneurship or personal growth. No, I remember calling my friend going up the the ladder to the stage to talk to people. She's like one foot in front of the other, just focus on that focus on but like you try new things that normally wouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember i remember my first time speaking and it wasn't even on a stage it was at a webinar on a webinar and i remember my mates like just do it you, you'll make loads of money and i must have went for a wee like six or seven times before before speaking and, and i couldn't <laughs> wee but i just kept feeling like oh my god i was so nervous and i was so scared <laughs> and it was the best thing i ever did because now i i, I speak constantly in front of anyone who'll listen um and i find it's, it's it's one of the best ways to to but yeah it's so uh, as your entrepreneurial journey ever changed direction because you've thought right i want to achieve this for me personally so i'm going to go down that route or or is it always just been mm. um i think the whole entrepreneurial thing entrepreneurial thing was because i've wanted freedom i don't think i've ever said like i want this identity so i'm gonna do this company um yeah it was more about like leaning into just what created the most fun and the most freedom i would say <laughs> so <laughs> most freedom you love freedom don't you <laughs> i love freedom i love traveling i love doing what i want when i want when i was working in retail one of the most pivotal pivotal things i remember i was um working as a manager and then all the district managers were able to pick uh, someone who they thought would be their rising star. And so they all picked me. I mean, whatever, <laughs> Walmart rising star. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember um, right around then someone from Target was trying to recruit me. And um, and my district manager came and said, I heard you're thinking about going to Target. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you have to work so many hours in, in Walmart because we were, we were working crazy, crazy hours. And he's like, well, you can go home at five today. And he was trying to show like he's on my side, but it was on my schedule to go home at five. It's just that the expectation was to go home so much later. I was like, who needs this? <laughs> I want to have a life. Yeah. And it was just all the time you had to be there. And I did 36 hour shifts at Target too. Who needs this? Not me. And you know what? You're just a number. I, re I remember doing it back in the day. I remember uh, working at an insurance broking company for HSBC as an insurance broker. And I remember um, they just promoted me and then somebody else headhunted me and, and took me to another company in Manchester. Um, and I remember all the people in the group, say in, in the team that I worked with, saying, oh, you traitor, you've, you've this. And I was like, you're just a fucking number. I was like, why, 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 why do you not think you're any different? Anyway, I, I was like, I'm not ass. I'm going, it's like nearly double the money. I was gone. And I was like, but I was same. I was still just a number. And I always knew that I felt like the old man in the office had like two strings to my life. And it was, it really, really got to me every day. Yeah. But 
then two years later, I was out with a few friends and I bumped into a few of the, a few of the people that I used to work with at the at HSBC. And I was like, oh, how's things going back at the, the And they're like, oh, the, um, <laughs> they, they, they discontinued the uh, the small business unit. <laughs> so um, we all got fired. And I was yeah. like, and I was drunk. So because I was drunk, I was like, ah, I told you. <laughs> you fucking made me feel bad for leaving. I've still got a job. But yeah, um, a bit of an <laughs> arsehole doing that, but... <laughs> I mean, but you were right. It's true. It is shoestrings to your life is exactly a little marionette for you to have to ask if you could have a day off in your own life to me is just preposterous. It's your life. It's not their life. Ugh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and society is designed to build. Um, I would. I, I, well, I've, I've wrote a book. I, um, I, I forgot what it's called. Um, <laughs> Uh, in a world full of sheep, fuck you, I'm an entrepreneur. I had to look for it then. Um, and, and I feel like society is... Des- how, how can I not remember the name of my own book? Um, and I had to rem- um, kind of... I feel like society is designed to, to, to breed sheep. And unless you've got the strength of character to say, I'm out, I don't want to do this shit no more, you, you'll get to, to your 60s and 70s and you might have bought, bought bought your house, but you've wasted your whole life working for someone else's dream. It's... it's, it's uh, don't get me started on it. Yeah, um, I'm with you. <laughs> so what key strategies or principles that you've got would you, or, or, or what fundamentals of you as a person would you attribute to your success? Um, but, but like you mean character, like empathy, things like yes. this? Yeah. What, so what empath- do you think it is about you that's made you successful? What is the, is, is the trait of of that's made you as successful as you have been? Because you've not just done it once, you've done it multiple times in multiple industries. Some of them, like the distribution industry, it's like, what the fuck? Most people fail at that, hands down. And and you've, you've also built a big a big company from from um, outsourcing, which is very, very difficult because the language barrier, the distance, trying to get... So uh, what, what, what would you say? Um, well, I guess I just don't take... It's not that I'm like stubborn. I mean, I guess I am, but it's just like, I don't look at it as a possibility to not succeed, right? (laughs) So it's just, here's what we have to do. How are we going to make it happen? Like, that's it. So I don't know what word that would be. I don't feel like I'm necessarily stubborn or persistent. I know Marie Forleo said something like everything's figure outable. I guess I've always just kind of had that kind of resourceful. I'm resourceful. I think that's one of the things. And, um, maybe just empathy to being able to see what people need and craft offers for that. Empathy has helped me with copywriting too. I used to be a copywriter. I still do for the business stuff, but yeah. And, and my desire to have freedom. And (laughs) I mean that like need to have freedom and not live on anyone else's terms. And I guess lastly, maybe integrity because I've had a lot of products now and I don't think people would have keep coming back. back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Emp- Empathy is a great answer. That I really like that because that's what a lot of people they can't see what people want because they don't think the way their customers thinking. They always think this is a cool idea. I'm going to do this, and it's like yeah, but nobody cares. Nobody wants that. So I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess. Emp- that's that's a great. I, I didn't expect that answer. Let's see, see. I ask some of these questions sometimes. I'll, I'll read your bio before I come in and things and think like, what type of of questions will I get. And and that one's that one's brilliant. Thanks. What um, did you think I was gonna say? <laughs> I don't know. Most people say determination and never give up and effort and like no, uh, die, no. live the die trying. So <laughs> Shit like that. Your... No, no, no. That's not. The... So um, 
when Igor, so for the JV Mixer, we had that question when we came on and it said, if you could pick any fictional character to be in your business, who would you pick? Who did you pick? Um, I picked um, Lightning McQueen because then I could go anywhere I wanted whenever I wanted. Um, and he's just like a personal driver that you don't have to pay. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I just picked the fairy godmother because she'll grant your wishes as many wishes. So, so just like, let's make it easy. We don't need to determine and grind and hustle and effort. Let's just make it easy. Yeah. But just, just press a button. Um, <laughs> have you got any success stories from your course students? The ones that not 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 just random ones like oh this guy made a million or this like ones that have touched you ones that have uh, you've, you you're proud of um, I I've got a great example I can give you if you want beforehand of like I had a guy who got out of prison in uh, I think it was in Romania and he come to me and and I spoke to him my business was a lot smaller at the time so I was dealing with individual clients one at a time and I remember speaking to him before he started uh, following um, what I was teaching. And he said, look, he said, I've got a few quid to do this. I don't want to go back to prison. I don't want to get back in trouble. I'm really going to throw myself into this. And um, if I do, is it going to work? And I was like, if you follow every single step I set out in front of you and you don't go say, oh, I'm going to do this and then try and cut corners and, and you follow, it'll work. And um, within a few months, he was doing 18 grand a month. Um, and he's still out now and he's still a client now. And, and he's been for years and, and kind of that one touch. So it wasn't huge, huge money he made, but it's like the amount the, what he did do was it, it changed his life. Um, have you got any stories like that? Because I love stories like that. A, that's beautiful. I don't know that I have any prison prison break, like people like that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> there, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful stories that have come out of this. Like um, this, so one guy, um, one of my, he's a head coach now. He started, he actually heard me on a podcast actually. And I don't do very many podcasts. The last time I've been on a podcast is probably years ago. Um, but he heard me on a podcast. He heard the model. He's like, let me try to do this myself. Didn't bought the course, but I, and then he just started taking off. But what I heard later is that he was on the verge of bankruptcy. He's a policeman in Canada was what he was. He ended up quitting his job and he just does this full time now. But um, he was on the like verge of bankruptcy, all this stuff. Sometimes he tells his story and you can hear the emotion in his eyes. And then um, and now every time I talk to him, like he was just in Japan a couple months ago, and then he went and he was um, helping his son do um, some like Boy Scout camp or something. He was coaching kids or other people have told me they got out of debt and stuff. Like one girl said, oh, she found me on YouTube and she said, show me a sign if it's meant to... Um, if if I meant to get this course, show me a sign. And then my ad came on again. <laughs> it was a sign, <laughs> but it was there. And so she <laughs> and uh, her and I was That's with, called retargeting love. <laughs> exactly. It's retargeting. So um so she bought the course and she I mean even my assistant, she's amazing. Her she was in college and um she, her mom was already an entrepreneur and she didn't want her to have to get a job. And so her mom bought her the course and said, Kimberly, here's the course. If you can't succeed with this, I can't help you basically. And so Kimberly, the whole time she's just been doing low hanging. She's never had to get a job. She just put that so into she's never action. Had a real job in a life. No, no. She just put the action, the course into action. I've got other college students. I've got a lot of retirees too, but yeah, it's, it's dope. They're normally the best entrepreneurs as well. The ones that have never had to actually struggle through the jobs and things that they know they don't get stuck with those rules of society even a little bit. It's like, I've always been successful. I've always done it this way. And everything's just another idea. There is no, there is no go and getting a job. This is, this is either do it or, or, or fail. There's no, there's no 
fallback plan exactly. for people like that. I, I should say, I mean, obviously she's my assistant now. She makes a full-time income doing what she's doing, but I had another assistant leave who was also in my course and I just had her come in a vision like maybe, maybe I could get her to work with me, but probably she won't want to because she, but she thankfully, and exactly what you said, like every time I have anything come up, she'll find a solution. She'll like somersault, kind of whatever she needs to do, uh, fire roll to get it done. I mean, she's just magnificent. Yeah, it's, no. it's hard to find decent people as well. I've got a girl who works for me downstairs who literally, she does three times the amount of work that I could expect a human to do. Um, and I pass the three things and by the end of the day, they're all done. And, and, and like I'd normally pass one to one, one to another, one to another, but she's just fucking brilliant. Um, let's look back at the print on demand then because I didn't understand what it was earlier. So I'm going to ask you, sorry, there's a motorbike just going on outside. I don't know if you can hear that. Mm-mm, I don't hear no? it. No, the microphone's set up properly then, which is good. However, um, like... what new trends do you see coming to the print on demand industry and how are you adapting for them? Because everything's changing. Oh, yeah. So um so I'll answer the question and I generally try to go for evergreen things. I don't really like to look for trends so much because the whole thing is like I want to put out a product now and then have it sell yep. years from now. So I want the evergreen because people always search for funny gift for dad or something. Whereas yep. um, even like the Trump one, that was obviously more when Trump was more. I mean, I guess he's been popular since he, but <laughs> yep. generally I like to go with kind of evergreen things. That said, um, trends personalization for sure is a really cool thing. So like on this one, like you're the best dad in the world. I'd love to have Ms. Rudder. You could have like love and then someone's name, or like you said, your pictures of your family on the mugs and stuff. People yeah. really like that. Um, I mean, Etsy puts out a report every quarter or whatever saying what colors are popular and stuff. I like to just do black text, white mug, keep it simple. And then um, I test out new products a lot. So we're doing underwear now, which is pretty cool. Print on underwear with different uh-huh. messages. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. ask what messages are on them. <laughs> Insert here. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you yeah. see the fact that you have so much fun. That's why it's such a fun model. It's you get to be playful and creative and think of all the things. It's nice. Yeah, they're the sort of presents you buy for your gran at Christmas, and she's like, "What does this mean?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly like your granddad's giving you a dig uh so so what about so what about the sales angles then do you, do you think there's any additional platforms coming up where where print on demand will, will, will move over to or, or do you think amazon etsy and things like that is where it's at i mean there's always new things but um amazon and etsy the two for sure are the biggest ones ebay i don't make a ton of money on there but you can do some stuff on there there's like Redbubble and and other places but as of now i see a lot of people actually selling on tiktok shop i've seen them do print on demand tumblers and things on tick like thousands sold wow on yeah TikTok. on tiktok i thought i was just kids dancing it's do not- you know how many i have an evernote file of all the things that i learn on tiktok I just going, I make a lot of sales on TikTok, but also, but for like digital courses, but also, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting content on there. I've learned how to open pineapples better and uh, <laughs> all the things. Out of all the interesting content. <laughs> That's what I pick. Opening pineapples. <laughs> there's good um, AI resources on there for AI. I know. But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. So I'm wrong about, I think I'm on TikTok, but I think, I think my, my team downstairs do the videos. I'm pretty sure I am somewhere. I don't think we do many, many because nobody's interested, but <laughs> I'm sure we will be on there somewhere. So, uh, last couple of questions then for, um, um, 
What advice would you give to a print-on-demand industry newbie, somebody first starting out? I would say, so the thing is, um, because you're spraying and praying, you want to expect to fail 98% of the time. Not every single one's going to hit. It's the numbers game. And so you just keep putting out new products and eventually they're going to hit. So I would say that would be the biggest thing. Just don't, just keep going. And um, don't overcomplicate it. I'll see people that come into the program and I say, just do black text and a white mug. Let's keep it simple. But they'll want to do red and then multiple fonts and pictures and all the things. And it's like, people might not like the color pink or the color red or whatever. Black text and a white mug, it's pretty inoffensive. We're going for mass market. So just don't overcomplicate. Yeah, most people are looking at the words, not the... Not, it's the words that count, isn't it? You're giving somebody a message. I mean, you completely missed an opportunity there. Your answer should have been, buy my course. Oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> we, we edit, can we rewind? No. <laughs> but uh, the final question is, how do people work with you? People want to come and work with you. They want to they want to get involved in this. It sounds like a, like a, like a pretty easy business model. And it sounds like failure is not as big, like I, I make software for a living. So I've got like multiple software products and we've got various hundred thousand dollar failures that, that literally never even got out into production into the world. Um, and it makes you feel horrible when that happens. But with, with this, it seems like it's got very little failure. So, so or, or very low cost of failure. Um, so how do people work with you? Well, my uh, website's at lowhangingsystem.com and you go there, there's going to be a webinar. And then also my blog is at just rachelrofay.com. So lowhangingsystem.com or rachelrofay.com. Okay. Do you want to do lowhangingsystem.com? I'll get my team to put them underneath the video on the YouTube channel and it's lowhangingsystem.com or rachelrofay.com, which is R-O-F-E guys, because I, I said Rofe and completely destroyed it. I just want to thank you very, very much for coming on. It's been awesome talking to you. I've learned quite a bit, which is which is always what it's about, is is, is obviously personal, personal development. Um, guys, if you're interested in print on demand, then you'll find the course, course down the bottom. And we will see you all next week with another amazing entrepreneur. Thank you very much, Rachel. Cheers. Thank you. That was fun.